This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. This report is sponsored by the Seafire Grill. The number of children that have been shot in New York City in 2022 is at an all-time high. This according to the NYPD recent data. As of December 18, 149 kids were shot this year. That number much higher than in 2021 when 138 kids were shot. And if you remember, Curtis, back in 2017, when gun violence was at historic lows, just 75 children were shot. But as we always say, one kid shot is one too many. So I have to ask, what the heck is going on? Because we know that the majority of the the, the people that are doing the shooting are also kids themselves. Yep. Uh, well, stop and frisk would uh, eliminate most of that, uh, Lydia. Uh, look, I and the Guardian Angels, we do stop and frisk. When we see a young group of uh, boys, it's mostly always boys, but sometimes young girls, uh, we'll stop and frisk them. And they say, well, who, who are you? We say, well, we're the Guardian Angels. They, well, the cops don't even do that anymore. That's the problem. Cops have a really good instinct when they know the teenagers in the neighborhoods that they patrol carry guns. And they should have the right to stop and frisk them because most of these shootings are by young adults, young teenagers. And a lot of times it's retaliatory. And guess what? They shoot at their enemies and most times they miss and they hit innocent children who are nearby. You hear that all the time. I also think the pandemic really did a number on children. They were out of school for two years and they, f- they fell behind. We're seeing this also in Chicago and in Philadelphia and in a lot of other major cities. So it's not specifically isolated to New York City where kids seem to be completely out of control. They're carjacking people left and right. They're shoplifting. They're beating each other up. You re- it, it's what's going on at the home as well. Like there's just seems to be some sort of depression. There's a lot of kids doing drugs as well. And it, it frightens me what's going on with children these days. Well, it's dysfunction. A dysfunctional household is going to lead to dysfunction in the schools. The teachers cannot deal with that. Uh, in the malls, in the streets, in the subways. So whatever dysfunction is happening in the house, it's going to happen all throughout the neighborhoods. And so if you don't want it to be a police matter, then take care of your kids. Make sure you raise them right. Because if not, then it becomes a police matter, and I would give a green light to the cops to stop and frisk teenagers who are up to no good. I remember when I was a reporter for Fox 5, stop and frisk was on its way out, and they had me go out to get neighborhood reaction. They call them MOS, man on the street interviews. So they said to me, listen, Lydia, go to the Upper East Side and get people that are for stop and frisk. And then I want you to go to like, say, 125th Street and Harlem and some kind of, you know, not so great neighborhoods and find people that are against it because that's where you're going to find the people that are against it. Curtis, it was the complete opposite. You went to the Upper East Side, you go to the Upper West Side. They're like, oh, no, stop and frisk is horrible. It's so inhumane. Then you go to the inner city communities and they're like, no, bring it back. If it saves just one life, you know, I have to when I when I travel, when I board a plane, I have to take off my shoes. I have to take off my jacket. If there's a kid hanging out on the corner in the middle of the day, guaranteed, he's probably up to no good. And I want the cops to to bust his chops and go up to him and see what's going on. And if it saves just one life, then it's worth it. But of course, you had a couple of those cops that took it too far. One of my friends, he's the nicest guy in the world, but he's a six foot 
you know, six foot one black guy. And he told me once that he was simply walking down the street with his father when this cop was like, hey, you know, oh, do you, you got, I think I see something sticking out of your pocket. This was, you know, several years ago. Hmm. And he went down into the tombs and he could, this guy, and, and he had nothing on him, obviously. But sometimes you had these bad cops that just wanted to harass people. So I, I see where there, the pendulum swung way too far left, just like with the bail reform. Yeah, well, also the cops, unfortunately, had imposed upon them, as Patrick Lynch of the PBA said, quotas, quotas for stop and frisk. Well, you don't put quotas on stop and frisk. They already imposed quotas on parking tickets and moving violations. But as you know, when you ask anybody in City Hall, whether it was Rudy or whether it's Eric Adams now, no, they're just performance guidelines. No, they're quotas. And there shouldn't be any quotas for parking tickets or moving violations. And thank God there are no longer uh, there are no longer quotas for stop and frisk. But you also have to wonder what's going on. I hate to say this, but what are the cops really doing? Are they just reacting to the crime? Are they not Are they not allowed to be proactive? You actually sent me this story about the serial New York City shoplifter who's dodged jail um, he, for 27. He was he was nabbed for another 27 heists. Um, he has skirted jail time despite dozens of arrests. And he's accused of another 27 new heists at Manhattan pharmacies. And you guys mentioned it yesterday about all the Rite Aids that are shutting down. You can't even buy a tube of toothpaste without asking for somebody to come and unlock lock it for you. This is all preventable. Well, this guy was Wilfredo Ocasio, who's been busted dozens and dozens of times. His uh, pension is he likes Dwayne Reed. He hits all three Dwayne Reed stores downtown near Wall Street. He goes in and out. They know who he is. They know it's no sense stopping him because he uh, acts acts out psychotically. He knows that nobody's going to come up to him at that point. He gets arrested. He's turned back loose. It's Alvin Bragg. And you know what? He might as well just go into those Dwayne Reeds because he's going to be cut loose again and say, look, I'm not here to act out. No shooting, no looting. Just give me my Alvin Bragg swag bag. I'll, I'll work two aisles and I'll leave you all to your, the rest of your day. It, it's unbelievable the number of shoplifters who just go in and out, readily identifiable, and nothing happens to them. That's nothing. what you need, a Rocky Calavito bat. Oh, yeah. Uh, make their kneecaps sing and ring. You know what they used to do, John, in these retail establishments? They would hit him in the kneecaps, and then when the cops would come, they said, check about a block or two away, because you'll probably see a guy limping or a guy who can't <laughs> run anymore. And generally, that was true. I've never hit anybody, but when they see that Rocky Calavito bat, they run away. Well, let me just point out that within your ethnic threat, Lydia Serrani, being of Albanian background, the Albanians are tough. Nobody's coming into yeah. any store that they run or any restaurant or pizzeria and trying to pull... Well, uh, Greeks or Italians. That's right, because all of a sudden, the bats, the sticks, the pipes come out, and they'll be that guy will be running down the block. Well, absolutely, because we work really hard for our money, especially immigrants. You know, we, we work really hard for our it's money to corporate. save, and we don't want somebody coming in and stealing what we what we work so hard for. My mom, my mom would always say, similar to what you, John, said, she said, I'd rather somebody ask me for $100 than steal $1 away from me. Yep. Some of the corporate stores, the 785 corporate stores closed up in the five boroughs in New York, and it's horrible. I guess they don't have the conviction to uh, to stand their ground. 
And you know, they just, they just uh, what do we? You you missed my other segment. We talk, go woke, go broke. Yep. And by the way, I, there are a lot of people out there with a very left wing point of view. Ah, they got insurance. That's why no they're closing. Bro. They have no insurance. They've decided that they can't make their margins. It is a lot cheaper for them to just pay out the lease and close down than to stay in business. And it's like an easy pass for all the shoplifters, boosters, and people who want to loot. And then even Mark Cuban, the billionaire entrepreneur, he was on with Bill Maher on this podcast. And they were talking about how San Francisco, how it's basically become the toilet bowl uh, of the United States. And people are just defecating everywhere. And he said, it's sad. You have people there that are making millions and millions of dollars. And then you have people defecating in the streets. This is not America. This is not America. This is not. And yet that was supposed to be like this leftist utopia. Do we want the rest of America to look like San Francisco? Absolutely well, not. Governor DeSantis certainly doesn't want uh, Florida to look like San Francisco. No, no. And that's why and so Governor many. Governor Abbott in Texas doesn't want Texas to look like right. San Francisco. But Florida for the first time in 65 years is the destination state for people around the nation, including California. It's first time in 65 years. Most people want to move or have already moved to Florida. That says it all. Look, look how they run Florida and look how they run California. Look how they run New York. It's like people are just fleeing because there is no law and order, no public safety. There is a reason why there is this mass exodus from California. I think I read in the last two years, 500,000 people have left. John mentioned this yesterday during our show, the number of people that have left New York State. And you look at the the money, the tax revenue that they were bringing in. These are high earners that are leaving. And then in return, they're being replaced with with migrants and I, I listen. I, I'm a child of immigrants. I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for immigration. But there needs to be a process put in place. And as Barack Obama said back in 2021, yeah, 2021. This is last year. He said it just as recently as last year. It's not sustainable to have open borders. And President Biden last night, when he was on his way to the Virgin Islands for his vacation, I would have used the audio, but it was too. Um, you couldn't hear it really. He was specifically asked, what do you think about Title 42 staying in place? He says, I think it needs to go away. It's long overdue. Then what? Title 42 was just a small deportation tool we used based on health reasons to keep people out of the United States. Yeah, but Once that goes the away, numbers. then what? Lydia, we talked yes. about those numbers. Yes. that uh, There are 16,000 migrants in one day. Only 2,400 of them were Title 42 that were turned away. We still got the other fourteen thousand. Oh, and they're coming here. They're coming to New York. Remember, they're to watching. Stay here. They watch on television. I, I asked Vito Fusella's gurus to uh, to come up the five hundred thousand people that taxpayers that left New York State. How much taxes they were paying, and New York State is losing. Maybe we'll get Tom DiNapoli to do it. Sure. And and. And uh, what happens with the 500,000 migrants that came in that we're paying? It well, doesn't well, make right. any sense. Well, remember, uh, in addition to what we see coming across the border, from the Dominican Republic, they get on that ferry, they go to Puerto Rico, they don't go back. Once they're in Puerto Rico, they're in the United States. Likewise, where Joe Biden, the president, is going St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands. Once they get to the U.S. Virgin Islands, they're in the United States. They're not going back. So there are a lot of different ports of entry that we don't even think about where people illegally are getting into our country. And guess what? 
they're not going back. And you know most of them where they want to come? New York! And New we York gotta pay City, for them. baby. We got to yeah, pay be- for them. Anyway. You know, Vito Fisella, I, we have to go. Vito Fisella said that just to put up a small family, say a four, costs taxpayers about $8,000 a month because they're put up in nice hotels. And keep in mind, you have to clothe them, you have to feed them, you have to educate them, you have to give them medical care. Again, this is simply not sustainable. And I think this is an issue that both Democrats and Republicans can agree on. It should not be a, a, a right wing or a left wing. It should be a red, white, and well, blue thing. The, this, this is, report, this is oh, the uh, hors d'oeuvre of Lydia Serrano, and she will be doing the full two hours today as Brian Kilmeade is away. Uh, from 10 to 12. And this report is brought to you by who? Seafire Grill, which is, by the way, Albanian-owned. It, it has is a great the food restaurant good? there. It's, a, it's very good. The service is amazing. The seafood is very fresh. You know, Albanians, we take pride in our service and our food. You know, we're like the Greeks. We're like the Greeks and the Italians. Very similar cuisine there. Seafire Grill, Midtown Manhattan, best seafood, fry, uh, great service. Check it out, theseafiregrill.com. I'm going to try that out. Yes, yeah, right around the corner. Sounds good. All right. And See you at everybody remember, at 10 a.m. Tune in, Lydia, at 10 a.m. to 10 to 12 today on WABC.